are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Mariners. Before we get into today's show, let me tell you about Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan and please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Monday, September 20th, 2021. This is the Locked On Mariners podcast, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Patnode. You can find me at Dane Gonzalez on Twitter. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. And if you're a fan of the Seahawks, obviously, disappointing loss yesterday but if you want to read more about it and see what's to come with their upcoming game against the vikings this sunday uh, check out what we're writing about on seahawk maven at si.com i am a reporter and editor over there colby also contributes uh, so check us out and uh, also check out our patreon where we talk about the mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week New episode is dropping today for our Tier 2 and Tier 3 members. So if you want to hear that, uh, visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information. Also, I am giving away uh, two tickets to training camp for the Seattle Kraken, Seattle's newest NHL franchise. Um, The uh, session is a morning session on September 30th. So if you want to get an up close and personal look at the Kraken, Check out my Twitter again. That's Dane Gonzalez, D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. Follow me. Follow the Locked On Mariners Twitter account. That's L-O underscore Mariners. And retweet the uh, the tweet that has all the contest information in it. And uh, I'll have a link to that in the description of this episode for you to click. And uh, entries, uh, the deadline for entries is on Thursday, September 23rd. So make sure... If you want to enter that and get a chance to check out the Kraken up close and personal for training camp, then uh, be sure to get your entry in and retweet everything and uh, follow all the accounts before the 23rd and you'll be entered. Uh, So on today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we'll be recapping Jared Kelnick's awesome week and uh, what the Mariners did down in Kansas City. We'll be talking more about roster building and the debate about blocking prospects. And we'll also get you set for the Mariners upcoming series with the A's down in Oakland. Should be a fun one. If you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe to it wherever you're listening to this. That would be dope. And uh, speaking of things that are dope, Jared Kelnick had a magnificent week of baseball. He was First in the American League in slugging percentage. First in home runs with four. He was tied first in F4 uh, with 0.6. He uh, was second in WRC Plus with 254. He averaged an exit velocity of 95.6, which was fourth in the American League. All those numbers courtesy of Joe Doyle, Lookout Landing, and Prospects Live. Uh Keldick was just incredible, um, especially in the series. He had a great day on Sunday, a couple doubles, had a home run. What have you seen from Keldick, Colby? Uh, it just looks more comfortable up there. You know, he's kind of uh, 
found an approach that works, uh, a setup that works, and he's not really tinkering with it all that much. Um, and yeah, it just looks more comfortable. He's identifying pitches better. Um, he's understanding how pitchers are trying to attack him right now. And he's, he's honestly, he's kind of getting a feel for what, uh, type of pitches he's going to get at the big league level from the umpires. Even, um, he's been a little more, a little more aggressive on pitches that are fringy, um, realizing that he's not always going to get that call. So, uh, he's, he's been, uh, really aggressive. He's been attacking it and he just overall, he looks a lot more comfortable. Um, you read out the numbers there. Um, and, you know, this has kind of been an ongoing thing with him. It's obviously September has greatly helped his overall numbers. But, you know, if you look at his last 50 games, he's hitting 227, 302, 459. Um, not exactly, you know, world beating numbers, but uh, pretty good for a 21 mm. year old who has a handful of games above, uh, you know, a ball. Basically, uh, he's about 60 games above a ball right now. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty solid performance. Uh for him over his last 50, but obviously he's really kicked it up here in September. And, uh, it, uh, it should give Mariner fans a lot of hope that, uh, this is, this is something that can carry over to, uh, well, to, to next year. And, and we'll see if he, uh, if he makes the opening day, uh, squad next year, that'll probably be something we talk about a little bit here, uh, you know, this off season, but uh, yeah, he's been spectacular in September and, uh, it should give Mariner fans a lot of, uh, a lot of encouraging, a lot of encouragement because I mean, I, I don't think we thought that Kelnick would be as good all year as he has been in September, but this is kind of the ceiling. This is, well, this is kind of the upside with, with Kelnick. You're seeing it right now. So um, it, it's a really encouraging thing for uh, both Kelnick and, and the Seattle Mariners and, and the fan base. So the Mariners walk out of Kauffman Stadium with a pair of wins. Uh, the series went a lot better than when the Royals came to Seattle. Uh, Logan Gilbert, uh, speaking of the young guys doing well right now here in the month of September, he's kind of turned things around, and he had a great start uh, against the Royals yesterday uh, afternoon. Just three hits in seven innings pitched, just one run allowed, five strikeouts, one walk. Um, what were your takeaways from Gilbert's start? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was interesting. It, it, I, I wouldn't say it was like the final line looks great. I, I wouldn't say it was great. I think he's looked better, but overall the, uh, the attacking approach of Logan Gilbert and he had the good fastball yesterday and, uh, he was able to keep mm. it at the top of the zone, which is very important for him. Um, pretty much exclusively fastball slider. He threw 10 curveballs and uh, just five changeups out of the 99 pitches. Uh, you guys can do the math on that. So uh, yeah, it, it's, it was, it was good. It, it wasn't spectacular. I wouldn't say that, but it was really good. Logan mm. Gilbert. He was aggressive. He went right after these guys. He wasn't afraid of Salvador Perez or Whit Merrifield or anybody like that. Uh, the slider was downright nasty at times. He got seven whiffs on 13 swings on that slider. Um, you know, that's obviously very, very good. So uh, he, it was nice to see him have that pitch. He, he kind of struggled a little bit in the first. He bounced a curveball. I think it went about halfway to home plate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's still some things to iron out here. But, again, he's aggressive. He's back in attack mode right now. And if you look at his last, you know, three or four starts, he's been very, very solid. Um, he doesn't look like a guy who's running out of bullets. It seems like his arm's in good shape. 
And so the idea that, well, maybe they should take him out of the rotation and rest him, that seems to be going out the window, which is great because he's got probably two more two more starts, I think. And it would be nice to see him continue to, you know, ride out the season on a high note. And, uh, you know, yet another player who's giving Mariner fans plenty to be excited about next year. And I think has done enough to to earn a spot on the uh, in the opening day rotation next year. You know, unless Seattle goes out and adds like three starting pitchers in, in free agency, uh, it's he's going to be in the rotation next year. So before we hop over to our next segment, anyone else uh, in this series that you want to give a shout out to, or you know, anyone that jumped out? Oh, Ty, did you think we weren't <laughs> going to talk about Jake Bowers? Did you really uh, think we weren't going to talk <laughs> about Jake Bowers? Oh, no, no, no. I was, I was setting, 60. I was, I was set, I was, I was, I was setting you up for you know as the president of the Jake Bowers <laughs> fan club, you know the Bowers yes. Rangers. Uh, to, you know, talk about your boy here who sent a baseball into the shadow realm at Coffin Stadium. I don't think I've ever seen anyone hit a ball that far there. 460 uh, into the water. I, I don't I don't think Nelson Cruz ever got to 460. Like I remember I remember he might have done it in in Cincinnati. I remember he went like really deep and then Gutierrez like outdid him somehow. Um but I mean, four hundred and sixty feet. That's 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 one and a half football fields. Like, I I, I don't even know. Like, like I saw it off the bat, and I was like, "Oh, that's got a chance." And then it just kept on going and going and going. And I continue to say, Jake Bauer should be getting pretty much every. He should be in the lineup every game. And if that's at the expense mm-hmm. of Jake Fraley, fine. Jake Fraley's not good. So I'm totally fine with that. Um, and, you know, Bowers, aside from the home run, uh, obviously that was the big moment yesterday. He had three hard hit balls. And unfortunately, he was only awarded, he was only rewarded with the one home run. But again, he continues to hit the ball hard. You can see the adjustments he's making in his swing. Um, he's generating more loft. He's getting more backspin. And uh, it's, it's paying off for him. He's been pretty good. Granted, very small sample size. Uh, Seattle has really been uh, protecting him as they work on the swing. And, and that's a really tough thing to do because, you know, he doesn't have an option left, so you can't send him down uh, without risking him. So it, it's tough to, you know, make a new swing work at the big league level, but that's exactly what Jake Bowers is doing right now. He has been uh, very good over the last, uh, oh, about two months now. He's been quite solid and, and uh, it's, it's, Good, because as you mentioned, I'm, I'm the president of the Jake Bowers fan club, so I am uh, very appreciative of this new uh, this new swing of Jake Bowers. And it, and it does give me hope that he might be uh, a guy who can stick around, uh, you know, as the 26th guy uh, on the on the roster next year and and give you some real upside. Mm hmm. Yeah, should be interesting to see how he finishes the, uh, the rest of the way out. Uh, and speaking of the rest of the way out, the Mariners are going to play the A's seven more times uh, here, and they are going to play four of those in the next four days, going to Oakland for their final trip to the Oakland Coliseum. We're going to get you set for that one in just a moment, but first, quick word about DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. 
Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Hey, Mariners fans, this is Ty Dane Gonzalez with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code BASEBALL and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. So don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code code baseball to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code baseball to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code baseball. So the Mariners begin a four-game set down in Oakland starting tonight. Pitching matchups in this one. Let me bring them up real quick. Tyler Anderson versus Sean Manaya, Marco Gonzalez versus Paul Blackburn. Chris Flexen versus Cole Irvin. Yusei Kikuchi versus, well, we don't know yet. It's to be to, uh, determined. So uh, we'll see on that. Uh, but I think the, the one matchup here that obviously stands out is is Flexen versus Cole Irvin because, of course, you know, Cole Irvin ran his mouth after the first time that the A's and the Mariners squared off and, and Irvin faced the uh, the Mariners. And uh, he gave up four runs and in four innings, I believe, and said that he shouldn't be doing that against an offense like that. And then, you know, over his last couple starts against the Mariners, he's been equally as bad, if not, Worse versus the Mariners this year. Irvin's given up 11 runs while walking four and striking out just five and 11.2 innings of work. Uh, so is that the one that you're keeping an eye on or is there a matchup here that stands out to you a bit more? Uh, tonight's matchup is pretty interesting. Uh, Manaya versus Anderson. A couple lefties mm-hmm. kind of do it differently um, than one another. And Manaya's obviously been great. Um, we've even recently talked about him as a possible trade candidate this offseason for Seattle. Um, so that, that's a pretty fun one. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's the Cole Irvin, uh, you know, part four, I guess I think it is. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it would be very nice to go out there and just kind of, you know, ruin Cole Irvin's day again. Uh, and it's so funny because Cole Irvin, you look at his numbers against like every other team, really solid, like just a really good find for, for Oakland and he's been very helpful to them, but against the Mariners, he has been straight up bad. So I really hope that they, they can do that again to him. Um, if for no other reason than to continue to enjoy that meme and, uh, carry something into next, next season, um, where I'm sure Cole Irvin will, will have something to say about his disastrous (laughs) season against the Mariners. Of course, of course. All right. So, you know, last week ahead of the, 
Royals series. We did some picks to click. You and I both took Jared Kelnick. He had a great series. And the last time the Mariners were in Oakland, we had some picks to click, and and those proved to be pretty uh, pretty good as well. Uh, so want to you know push our luck here a little bit, and maybe uh, you know throw throw a couple picks to click out here for this series. Well, one player I can guarantee you will not hurt the Mariners in this four game series is Logan Gilbert. So. Um, mm-hmm. probably going to go with him, but, uh, I don't know if I feel like pushing my luck. We, we nailed the, uh, the Kelnick, uh, call, um, I'm tempted to ride with Kelnick since he's been so hot, but Manai is a pretty tough matchup for him. Um, you know, Irvin, not so much, uh, but, uh, and then Blackburn should be fine there. So yeah, I'm kind of tempted to go with, uh, to go with Kelnick again, but a bunch of righties in the lineup. Um, or, sorry, a bunch of lefties in the in the rotation, so there should be all the righties in the lineup, uh, assuming they stick with that. I'm I'm tempted to actually go with Abraham Toro. He's been scuffling a little bit here, uh, but he continues to put the ball in play. I, I hmm. I, did you have somebody in mind? Because I I'm like mm, I'm a little on the fence about this. I don't want to ruin our streak, but uh, I, which I, of right, as of right now is one. By the way, I think Luis Trends is going to have a good series. That's a good one. Um, couple, yeah, yeah, a couple lefties, especially Irvin. Um, funny enough, they haven't hit a home run off of Irvin this year. Really, uh, for so, as much damage as they as they've done against him, that makes it even worse for him. He can't even <laughs> say like, "Oh, I made two bad pitches," and that's it. Nope, you made a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think Terenz is going to get the first one, um, and um, I think he'll have a good series overall. Uh, a couple lefties. We'll see who they're throwing on, on in game four. Uh, but yeah, I like I like Luis Torrens in this series. All right. I'm I'm going to um, play it safe here. I, I have mm. my guy. I'm going to play it pretty safe though. Uh, I'm going to go All with right. Ty France. Um, okay, cool. Ty France has a shot here, a good shot. He's up to 294, so 300 still in play. And with a really really hot month, 314 is still in play which would officially make him pie France. So I think that's something we can all root for in the next two weeks. Uh, he's also up. He also just uh, eclipsed the four win mark on uh, baseball reference war. Nice. So uh, yeah, I, I think Ty France is going to have a nice little series here and uh, it's over the last, you know, week or so he's, he's it's funny when you say like Ty France went into a slump is when he goes like mm. three for 14 in a series. Um, but <laughs> Since since like that slump uh, over his last over the last week he's hitting three fifty seven four fifty five four twenty nine so I think we're going to see a couple home runs a double and uh, I think Ty France is going to play a big role in a series win for the Seattle Mariners. Nice, nice. The A's are coming into this one uh, winners of five straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're only a couple of games out of the wild card right now. The Mariners, of course, five or four back. Uh, so not really factoring in there, not really focused on that, but probably want to play spoiler a little bit here and, uh, make sure that the A's don't, don't make it in. Uh, and I talked about on Friday how, you know, I, I would love to see this team, you know, finish second in the AOS and, uh, winning the series would, uh, certainly help their, uh, their chances to accomplish that. Um, so how, how do you feel overall? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you, you're picking them to win, but um, wh- what do you feel about the series as a whole? 
Yeah, the, the, the pitching matchups aren't bad. Um, obviously, the one tonight is, is the toughest. Um, Blackburn really handled you last time, but mm-hmm. he's just he's not that good. But, you know, then again, neither yeah. is the Mariners offense. So, uh, but uh, no, I, I think the pitching matchups are pretty favorable. We'll, we'll see what version of Yusei Kikuchi we get. Um, that's a real crapshoot. So uh, we'll have to see which one we get. But uh, overall, I like their chances. They're eight and four against Oakland. Uh, you know, they get to face their own personal punching bag in Cole Irvin. So uh, I think, you know, they're, they're feeling a little bit better about themselves after that series win. Uh, they swung the bats well yesterday off of a pretty talented, albeit struggling pitcher uh, in Jackson Coar. Um, I, I, I think they're going to roll in there, and I, I think they're probably going to win four of the seven games here against Oakland. So, um, yeah, I, I think I, I like the matchups the way they go this series. So uh, I, I think they'll have some success. And, and I, one thing I can feel very confident about is that all these games are going to be pretty darn close. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. eight and four, find a way to win three, get yourself a, a series a win. Actually, you only need two. Uh, you know, get yourself a season series win and, uh, you know, get ready to play Anaheim six times in the last 10 days and uh, have fun with that should be uh that should be pretty fun all right so we're going to talk more about you know roster building we've been looking at the offseason a lot uh over the last few episodes we're going to talk about a um this debate that's kind of been going around about blocking prospects but real quick before we get into that let's talk about built bar don't you hate it when you're out and about and hunger strikes, but the only convenient options are unhealthy and going to make you feel worse in the end? That doesn't have to be the case anymore if you choose Built Bar. Built Bar is providing folks with a healthy, nutritious, and delicious alternative for snacking. Built Bar has a plethora of delicious flavors ranging from coconut to cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so much more. Overwhelmed by the amount of good options, then try one of their mixed boxes, which gives you two bars per nine flavors. Each bar includes 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories ranging from the low low numbers of 130 to 180 they only have four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs and all the flavors are amazing tasty and most importantly healthy go to built.com and use promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off your order at built.com so colby when you and i have our discussions about you know, building this roster for 2022 and talking about how, you know, guys like Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez and Logan Gilbert fit into the whole situation. Um, you know, we we get asked, you know, well, why would you want to add this free agent since he blocks this guy? Or why would you want to trade for this guy if you're just going to be trading this prospect for him who plays the same position as him or, or what have you, right? Um, but you... Uh, you know, you wanted to talk about this today. You, you you have a take that you would like to share about prospect blocking in general and why you feel that really doesn't matter in the end. And it doesn't uh, really exist. Yeah, that's the, the main point there is that it does not exist. Not for a team that is where the Mariners are, which is a team that is looking to go from, depending on how you want to look at it, good to great or probably more realistically you know, mediocre to playoff contender. And, you know, the fact that the Mariners have been so successful this year forces the hand that pretty much everybody, they have to go for it. I mean, there, there's no, well, one more year, uh, that, that went out the window when you won 80 plus games. So 
uh, without most of your young guys contributing for you. So the idea of blocking prospects does not exist. And I'll tell you why, because a, the primary objective of every major league organization should be to win games at the major league level. How do you win games at the major league level? By collecting as much major league talent as you can and playing them and deploying them effectively. So why are you worried about blocking a prospect who you don't know if they're going to be good? You don't know if they're going to struggle like Kelnick. You don't know if they're going to come up and be Juan Soto right away. And if you want to play what's most likely to happen, it's most likely that they're going to be Jared Kelnick or they're going to be Logan Gilbert and struggle for six weeks straight before they find something that works. That is the way of the prospects. They're young, inexperienced players, and nobody is advocating getting rid of all of them. Nobody is saying you trade them all away, and nobody is sitting here saying that, well, you should go and sign you know, 15 free agents to five-year deals and put them ahead of these guys. It's not what anybody's saying. Blocking prospects mm. is not a thing for good teams. The Dodgers do not block prospects. They figure it out, right? Right. They trade those guys for players they need, or they find a role for them that fits. If the best the best player is going to play, period. So the Mariners go out and they sign Tommy Pham and Brad Miller and I, I Michael Confort, whoever it is, right? And mm-hmm. Julio Rodriguez is the better player between that group. Julio Rodriguez is going to play, period. Right. There is nothing wrong with having lots of lots of options at one spot because what you then have is you have a surplus. You have actual true depth, not just guys that you think are going to be good. You have depth, guys who you know with reasonable certainty are going to be good and going to help you. And in the best mm-hmm. case scenario, you have so many of those guys, you have a surplus that you can go out and trade and get guys that help your major league team. So this idea that you can block a prospect, it's not true. There is nobody the Mariners are going to sign this offseason or trade for that is going to permanently block Julio Rodriguez in the minor leagues. It's not going to happen. It's particularly bad in the starting pitching area where people are like, well, you can't sign that guy because then how do you get George Kirby into the rotation? Well, you make George Kirby earn his way into the rotation, and let's not pretend that injuries aren't a thing. Let's not pretend that poor performance out of nowhere isn't a thing. So blocking prospects does not exist for the Seattle Mariners in 2022. That cannot factor into any of the decisions they make. The same goes, honestly, Mm. for Jared Kelnick. The Mariners should not say, well, we can't go sign player X or we can't trade for player X because we don't know if Jared Kelnick can beat them or not. You are building a team for Jared Kelnick, not a team to win. That's a mistake. You cannot say, oh, well, we don't want to go get Mark Canna because then how are we going to play Jared Kelnick? If Jared Kelnick can't beat out Mark Canna, that's Jared Kelnick's fault. Okay. And so there is no such thing as blocking prospects. It's about building depth. And when the prospects tell you they are ready and they show you they are ready, then you decide what to do with them. And usually it comes down to a trade or it comes down to a shift in position or a way, a different role to get them up and you put them in the best position to succeed. Because I tell you right now, if the Mariners go into next year, and they build a rotation so that they can eventually accommodate George Kirby and Brandon Williamson and Emerson Hancock or whatever in the middle of the year, they're going to be a bad baseball team. That's a fact. You cannot build a team to accommodate young prospects that you want to call up and tell me that you're a contender. Cannot do it. 
you have to have guys that these prospects have to beat out major league proven talent that they have to beat out to get their role. You can't just not spend money in right field because you're afraid. Oh, well, what if Julio, what do we want to call Julio up? But we're paying player X $12 million. Then you call up Julio and you pay that guy $12 million and the best player plays. There is no such thing as blocking prospects, particularly when it comes to pitchers does not exist. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, with pitchers, uh, because arms take so long to develop, especially at the major league level. You just, you can't rely on any of those guys. You can't rely on, on any young player to come up and immediately contribute to you. And especially if you are a contending team, we've talked about this constantly now with Kelnick specifically and looking towards next year that now that Kelnick shed his prospect status, now that you've seen him struggle, now that you and even though that he has, you know, really performed, I mean, we we talked about it a lot here on this episode, but even though that he has performed uh quite well this uh this month, can't still really trust him. You can't rely on him. He's a guy on the 40-man roster and he has and as such, he has to earn his way onto the 26-man roster and hopefully into the starting lineup because that's a good thing, right? Breeding that competition, not handing him anything is a good thing. And having that depth, like you said, Colby, having that surplus is also a good problem to have. You know, and 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 you made a great point there talking about the Dodgers and the way that Do- the Dodgers do things. The Dodgers move guys around. They look for versatility. They have so many versatile players that can play in different spots. And when they have their prospects, they look at them as a ball of clay and they mold them to how they see fit within their major league roster. And that's how the Mariners, I I would hope, are going to do things as well with their young process, uh, prospects that they're going to be molded in a way that complements the rest of their roster not in a way that is solely dependent on their performance. Because if you are dependent on Julio Rodriguez, Jerry Kelnick, Logan Gilbert, etc. to take you to the promised land, you failed as an organization. You have to have established major league talent. So I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying there. Um, I know we're running short on time here, but before we, uh, we, cap this thing off uh, is there anything you would like to add about roster building about you know the prospect blocking or anything like that build a team for build a team with practicality not hope right mm. and you're going to take some chances on some guys of course you are there's a good chance Kelnick is your opening day left fielder because at at some point you don't have unlimited resources you don't have um, unlimited money. So at some point you're going to have to take a shot on a young guy. Mm-hmm. That's fine. What you can't do is have three or four spots open because you're hoping to take a shot on a prospect. That's poor mm-hmm. roster construction. And what you're asking for is a team, quite frankly, that's a lot like the one we see today, which is winning a lot of games relative to what expectations were, but it's largely due mm-hmm. to a bullpen that is just you know, taking all the slack of the shortcomings around you. It's not because the young players are performing super well for large portions of the season. 
it's because you have this one incredible unit that's really just dragging along this mediocre roster behind it. Uh, and so you can't build a lineup or a rotation with super easy, like fail safe, like, Oh, well in June when Julio is ready, that's, that's why this guy only, you know, that's why this guy is only a, a one and a half one player. So it doesn't hurt when we take him out to put in Julio. That's stupid. Build a good roster and allow the young prospects to be bonuses that get added in the middle of the year when they've earned it, not building blocks. You can't do that and be a successful perennial playoff contender. You have to have some certainty in your lineup and in your rotation, Mm -hmm. and you have to force these guys to earn their way to the big leagues and earn playing time over established veterans. That's how you win. Well, and that's why we talked about the importance of depth on your bench. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we talked about building a sustainable bench that's deep and has established major league talent on it. You know, it's a dangerous game that you play relying on young talent because it's very exciting and it's very easy to get to be consumed by really, Uh, especially as fans. When you look at all the rankings and you look at how highly rated, you know, Julio Rodriguez is and Noel V. Marte is and Jared Kelnick is it's really easy to get caught up in that and see and, you know, and, and start to believe that, well, that person is going to come up and they're just, they're going to be Juan Soto. They're going to be Ronald Acuna Jr. They're going to be Fernando Tatis Jr. right away. And while that's possible, right, there, there's, there's a non-zero chance that's possible with any prospect really that comes up, you know, of high regard, but it's not likely and you can't bank on it, and you can't build your roster around that idea, around mm-hmm. that dream. So, like you said, you have to have certainty in your organization at your at the major league level. And if not, you know, if injuries happen, if guys underperform, you're going to be where you were at every other year for the last, you know, how many years? So. You, you, you're better off just covering all your bases, really. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Uh, you can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Shout out to Erica Ayala of uh, Locked on Kraken for uh, promoting our little giveaway. And again, check out my Twitter if you want to win two tickets to Kraken training camp uh, for the September 30th morning session. Um, The link to what you need for that is going to be in the description of this episode. And all of our other information will be in there as well. And uh, be sure to check out an episode of Locked on Kraken if you're excited about the NHL's 32nd franchise. Um, and uh, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Betting on Major League Baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.